The Wickham Wanderers Show. People of Wickham, stop what you are doing and if you are able, stand and applaud because Gareth Ainsworth has led Wickham Wanderers to the Championship, the highest level of football that they have played in their history. Beating Oxford United 2-1 at Wembley Stadium tonight. Wickham Wanderers will be playing in the Championship next season. That was just amazing, you know. We're not... We can't afford the best footballing players, but heart and determination, and that was a wicked performance. I'm so, so proud of the boys, you know. They just ground it out. They were just, honestly, I, I can't believe it. No matter where we finish on the table, this will be the highest finish in Wickham Wanderers history. And so it is going to be a tough, 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 tough road to hoe. It's going to be a real learning curve, and, uh, and there's no better place to, to learn than Wickham. It's, it's a brilliant atmosphere, great great people work here, and uh, very proud to be the manager and wake up every day. Very lucky, very happy, and I wanted to give my all, and that will continue into the championship, definitely. I'll say it for the people in the back. Wickham's in the championship. Wait, wait. I'll say it one more time. Wickham's in the championship. Wait! People in the back didn't hear me. Wickham is in the championship. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome along to the very first Wickham Wanderers show, a weekly show here at Wickham Sound dedicated entirely to Wickham Wanderers. Both the men's and women's team will be featured uh, each week. Uh, I'm Colin, Bob's with us as well, uh, taking us through the next hour uh, of fantastic uh, Wickham Wanderers coverage. And this show very much does what it says on the tin. It is all about Wickham Wanderers, everything that comes out of Adams Park. We will bring you between 7 and 8 o'clock every Thursday evening and also, as Colin says, featuring the Wickham Wanderers ladies as well. We'll be reviewing games, we'll be previewing games, analysing games, uh, taking a slightly sideways look at some things as well. Uh, there's even talk in a future edition of uh, reviewing the kit. Yes, I, I, I'm particularly looking forward to that with one of our fashion experts. Uh, but tonight, coming up, uh, we will review the game against Brentford from Sunday. Uh, and here, Gareth Ainsworth sorts after that. We'll also be hearing from the Supporters Player of the Year, Joe Jacobson. We will be chatting to Matt Cecil about how you can be following the Chairboys this season, as obviously fans are not currently allowed into Adams Park. And we'll be catching up with the captain of Wickham Wanderers Lady, Charlotte Bagshaw, as they kicked off their season with their first competitive game over the weekend and started with a win. That is all to come between now and 8 o'clock with myself and Colin Besley, right here on Wickham Sounds. That's very exciting, wasn't it? It certainly is. So welcome along to the Wickham Wanderers show. I don't know about you, but hearing that very beginning bit really really takes you back to that, that warm July evening at Wembley. And I still can't really... You know, I, I, I can believe it now, but it still just seems like, you know, such an amazing thing for Wickham Wanderers to have done. Particularly as, you know, this time last year, yes, OK, by now, you know, we've got a few more than nine players. But when you think back to, to the beginning of the 2019-20 the season, where, yeah, Gareth had nine players turning up, or possibly even less than that on, on the first day, uh, and very much, you know, we were, we were written off first day of, of pre-season training, and now we're in the Championship. And when you hear older supporters speaking, and you can never, they could never imagine that in their lifetime, Wickham Wanderers would be in the second tier of English football. It, it is just amazing, isn't it? And you do then begin to wonder, well, actually, you know, just, just how far can this club go? Because once again, 
everybody's writing them off this season, saying, oh, you know, haven't haven't got a, a chance, you know, definitely, you know, I, I've seen that favourites to go down, even though Sheffield Wednesday are obviously starting on minus 12 points, Wickham are still favourites to be below them. And you think, well, yeah, but hang on, we've heard all of this before. We heard it last season. We heard it the season before that. And so let's just see, because I think we're going to surprise quite a few people this season. And to go from relegation favourites to gaining promotion, as I say, to the Championship, it doesn't seem too long ago that nearly falling out of the Football League entirely and now being in the position you're in. Like you say, there's no reason why you know, we can't dream for, for much bigger things. And we would very much like your opinion on where Wickham Wanderers are going to be finishing this season. Uh, we are asking you on Twitter tonight um, to cast your vote as to where you think Wickham Wanderers will finish. You can find that um, by going to Twitter um, and uh, looking for at Wickham Sound. And you can use the hashtag TWWS, the Wickham Wanderers show, or twiz. Oh, yes. TWWS, yes. We, we haven't come up with a good way of saying that, but I promise that we will. Um, so, uh, Mr. Besley, where, what are your predictions for, for the season? Whereabouts do you think uh, the mighty Wickham Wanderers will finish? Well, I think I'm, uh, being an eternal optimist anyway, and being a huge fan of the club, obviously, it'll be uh, fantastic to see them. Uh, finish. I think. Well, you kind of imagine, you know, survival is the, is, the, is the first priority. But it'd be fantastic to see them finish. Even even mid table would be would be excellent, especially when you consider the caliber of the teams that are already in the championship and, and the size of the clubs and the budgets. And so yes, I'd, I'd be very very happy with a with a sort of mid table finish. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking. You know, I, I'm thinking it, it will probably be lower half. But at the same time, I'm not going with all of these people who are saying, no, definitely, Wickham are going to get relegated. I, I think, you know, yeah, we will surprise some people. And I would be looking at maybe 17th, 18th, something like that. I think that, you know, that that's whereabouts. Uh, I think this team has the potential to, to finish, you know, particularly being led by somebody like Gareth Ainsworth, who clearly just does believe and instills that belief in his team. He's so passionate, obviously, and so positive even after defeats and, and picks out the best in, in performances as well we should do that thing shouldn't we we put an envelope what we said at, 17, <laughs> right, and then yeah, okay. at, at the end of the season pull it out and see, see how close we are yeah the, the producer Luke is saying that he's going to sort that out so, so yes, well, there's so gold we, envelopes yeah yeah, we will so, so okay alright so I'm saying 17 so come on I want a position from you then if we're doing the envelope thing yeah let's go slightly more positive then I'll go 15 okay which is only a couple of places I'd admittedly but alright so so when it gets to May, Luke's or, got a low-budget envelope. Uh, yes, I was looking forward to it. On the telly, they have the gold. I was ones, just going to say, like you know, you, you watch the X Factor or something. Yes, and they yes, have the gold ones, you know, Yes, yeah. Whereas Luke's just got the the standard white ones. Um, when the season finishes in May, or whenever it <laughs> might finish, because you know, let, let's let's put a little asterisk next to that because I think it's you know, no no means definitely certain. Uh, but yes, when the season does finish, we will have a look at our, our predictions and see how, see how right or wrong we were. Um, but also, if you want to let us know what your prediction is, as I say, we've got a poll running on Twitter, but you can also um, get in touch by social media, um, either on Twitter using at Wickham Sound, you can go to Facebook and just search for Wickham Sound, we're on there, or you can email us studio at wickhamsound.org.uk. So talking about the championship, obviously last weekend we started off playing a championship team and a very good championship team at that against Brentford. Um, and personally, I thought, actually... I'm sure Gareth Ainsworth wouldn't admit this, but I thought it was the perfect result for Wickham. I know, I know we went out on penalties, but performance-wise, and also the fact that then you've got to play the second round, the third round, the fourth round on consecutive midweeks, I think a, you know, a, a very good performance uh, against a very good Brentford side and going out on penalties... That will do us nicely, thank you very much. And to fight back that way as well, you know, to go one nil down, as you say, against a side who narrowly avoided uh, getting up into the Premier League as well. <laughs> 
to turn a, turn a negative into a positive. Yes, well, uh, and Brentford were quite good at that towards the end of last season. No, exactly. You know, every time you thought, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to go up tonight. Oh, no, no, they've lost again. Oh, they're, you know, they're, they're probably beat Fulham. Oh, no, they haven't. And when you find a team like Wickham, they go 1-0 down against Brentford, you think, oh, that's it now. But but to come back to, as you say, 1-1, and, and to do pretty well in the penalties as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and particularly, you know, Dominic Gate being sent off. Um, I, I very much did feel that the referee was looking particularly for that sort of foul. So there, there had been an incident before that um, where... I think it was David Weir. I can't, can't quite remember now, but there was definitely a similar foul, mm. but no contact was made with any player, and straight away it was, you know, it was yellow card. Um, and then as soon as you saw what Dominic Gate did, but the thing was, Dominic Gate wasn't looking. He wasn't looking at the Brentford player's ankle. You know, it was just one of those sort of coming together that you think, well, you know, yeah, it looked nasty and it looked really nasty on the TV, but I think. 50% of the referees probably would have given that as a yellow card rather than a red. Absolutely, and it was really interesting to hear Thomas Frank's uh, post-match comments saying that, you know, Wickham played a different way to what they were expecting, which I'm sure is what happened against a lot of the, the teams in the Championship this season, and that they were hard to play against, which is obviously something that, that Gareth will, will be pushing for as well against uh, all the teams this season. And the, again, that's what I think was really good, was that actually it sent out a very clear message straight away that, look, we're not here to just, you know, make up the numbers. We are going to really battle um, all the way through the, the whole game because it was very noticeable that actually really the only time that Brentford were really in the ascendancy was maybe the 15-20 the minutes just after half time but actually as soon as Wickham went down to 10 men we were by far the better side and you could almost see the goal coming for, for a while Yeah Gareth was really pleased with the performance of the game some great fighting spirit as we say to, to come back to, to 1-1 and something to look forward to in the uh, upcoming fixtures into the Championship something which he was keen to stress on Sky Sports News afterwards We're going to hopefully surprise a few people you know and, and everyone's tipped us to go back down and that's great that, that makes us the underdogs in every game and my boys they, they really play well when they're not fancied they really want to prove people wrong um, got some big players to come back yet in the team as well but Daryl Horgan's had a great debut there and, and Tafazoli Uchi Pizzi still, still to come into the team yet so really really proud like I say and that, that spirit is a Wickham performance all I've said is that when people play Wickham I want them to know they're playing Wickham. I want them to respect us and say, you know what, that was a tough game. That wasn't a walkover. I'm sure there's going to be a few tough, tough days, but there's going to be some good ones as well. I'm really proud of the boys, and they keep playing like that. We're going to win some games this season without a shadow of a doubt. I think that really sums it up as well. You know, we, there may be some heavy defeats. There may be, you know, some some really disappointments, but there'll be some special special nights after some some big games in the championship as well. Yeah, and definitely the game I think proved that. That as I say, we were not just there to make up the numbers. We are going to challenge. We are going to compete in this division. Um, and a, you know, a team like Brentford who, who were you know so close to going up to the Premier League. You know, they could have been having their first competitive game against Manchester United, not Wigan Wanderers. Um, but I think we really proved that yes. Actually, we do belong in this division and we are going to compete. And, you know, look out the rest of the championship because if you do underestimate us, well, we are going to come back and bite you. Because you imagine, obviously, speaking as a, a non, non player myself, that it'd be quite a step up <laughs> with no, no real experience in, the, uh, in, in any of the flights of English football. No, and I, I, but, I would uh, concur with that as well. But, please, please don't be listening thinking that we're both ex pros because we're not. But you imagine it's quite a step up to the championship and hopefully in the coming weeks we'll, we'll get to speak to some of the players and be able to literally ask them but you, you get the impression that you know previously in, in previous campaigns Wickham do raise their game against the, the bigger sides uh, in cup competitions as well when we've taken on teams of the calibre of championship and even even Premier League players so it, it sounds a cliche to say that each game will be like a cup final but you imagine that, that some players will certainly be up for the likes of you know Nottingham Forest Derby uh, Preston Blackburn QPR you know the, the list goes on 
And yes, I, I was chatting to Gareth and to Joe Jacobson about that a little bit today, and we, we'll hear that later on in the show. Um, but Gareth did actually say, and I wasn't sure if he would admit it, but, but he did say, you know, yeah, OK, Rotherham is not necessarily the glamour tie. Um, but Joe Jacobson, absolutely right, said, well, you know, it doesn't really matter which order you play them in. And that is true. You know, I know as football fans, and I, I, I do it, you know, where, when the fixtures are coming out, you get really excited. It's like, oh, this, you know, this is great. But actually, once they come out, it is like, oh, yeah, OK, well, you know, we knew it was 23 teams that were going to be playing home and away and actually the fixture list just shows which order it's in um, and I don't necessarily think that actually Rotherham at home is a particularly bad start because I think it, you know, it, it does give a real opportunity um, to one of the teams that was in League One to, you know, to pick up an opening victory And Gareth was saying in the build up to the Brentford game as well it's going to take four or five weeks obviously for, for the players to adjust to get used to the, the level at the Championship and also for him to find out you know, where, where his team are in terms of you know, levels of fitness even and, and adjusting to that level of football as well. And I think they would have been saying that anyway because mm. obviously this has been a very unusual pre-season, very truncated. Um, you know, the fact that Wickham were obviously playing the the, the playoff games. Uh, so, you know, it, it, the whole situation around football obviously is very unusual at the minute, but obviously for Wickham even more unusual for them because, yes, they, they're in the Championship. It's been interesting, isn't it, having these practice games playing the likes of Southampton and West Ham and Villa as well because often in pre-season games you wouldn't normally get such, such big names to, to pick your wits against in the, in the close season but uh, obviously a lot of the local sides as well uh, Wickham have put out I think teams against uh, teams like Chesham and that they've played teams like that haven't they but it's, it's, been, it's been really interesting to, to come up against some, some big names in those games and you know the, the fans have been able to see those games as well Yeah, which is, has been fantastic um, and obviously we're able to see the game um, against Brentford because that was, was televised um, Can we just have a little chat as well about Brentford Stadium, uh, which I know everyone's saying is, oh, oh wow, doesn't it look fantastic but I'm sorry, the whole time I was watching I was just thinking, it looks like something from Legoland, because <laughs> they've got all of the seats are different colours yes. Who on earth decided that? Because I, I, I didn't think that that looked particularly good, it just looks a bit strange and you wouldn't normally see it of course if there were fans that's in them that's so. very true <laughs> and i suppose that is the point to, to, to say is that normally you wouldn't see it but it just looked like they didn't actually quite know uh, as if they'd rung somebody up and assumed that actually they knew what the brentford colors were and this person had sort of gone oh well, i'm not quite are they red are they yellow are they black <laughs> the limited you know, edition seats they managed yeah, to get a... you know let, let's just go with all of those colors i'm sure it'll be fine and actually yeah, I, I was looking at it thinking no sorry i don't think that you know somebody's really sold that to you and said it's going to look amazing but it looked yeah. a bit too new, didn't it? I thought it looked a little bit like it was actually coming live from Windsor and, and Legoland rather than a you know a, a proper football stadium. Uh, obviously, a very nice football stadium. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not <laughs> happy to go there again. It. I just wasn't quite sure about the, the yeah the seat arrangement. I thought was quite interesting. Yes, some interesting news for fans actually on, on watching the games in the coming season. Indeed, yes. So um, I was speaking to Matt Cecil today, um, asking him how fans could watch the Chairboys in at the opening games of the season. Firstly, of course, it's heartbreaking that the fans won't be there in the stadium. Uh, it was a really weird experience at Fleetwood, at Adams Park for the home leg and at Wembley, not having the loyal supporters behind us. But do you know what? I think the whole club felt that support, even though the team weren't there. Um, and the videos and all the messages that came through from people's front living rooms were, were amazing to see. And, and really really moving and we know it's going to be the same uh, for every game in the championship of course we hope to get fans back in the stadium as soon as possible uh, but until then I follow is your answer it's the club's online platform provided by the EFL um, and for every game 
it's either £10 to watch, um, but season ticket holders are being given a free pass as well, obviously, in lieu of their, their season ticket not being able to come in. So all of the instructions are on our website, um, but it's a really good four-camera coverage, uh, audio commentary, graphics, replays, um, not quite Sky Sports, but close to it. Um, and, yeah, hopefully, you know, it's the next best solution to be in there. We're watching it at home, uh, throwing cups in the air when the goals go in, throwing cushions at the TV when the referee gives a bad decision, um, and we know fans will be uh, kicking every ball from their front rooms um, so I follow is your place. Get your pass nice and early to avoid any technical difficulties on the day and uh, enjoy the game. Will the Coventry be uh, from Phil Catchpole? It certainly will, yeah. I think he's got Jeff Doyle alongside him this week, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of players. Uh, Marcus Bean will be joining him a few times this season as well. Um, the great Bill Turnbull will be providing some iFollow commentary. Um, there is a danger that Pete Kuig might appear on one of the commentaries, um, but... We might need a, uh, a mute button on occasion. <laughs> that would be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and uh, potentially libelous. Uh, no, Pete will be great entertainment. Pete is uh, is living and breathing Wickham Wanderers, uh, living high Wickham, living obviously you know, near the studio at Wickham Sound, um, and he, just like us, uh, is hugely excited for Saturday and the whole season to come. So if you are a Wickham Wanderers fan abroad, you can sign up, I think, to iFollow. You can, you can subscribe, can't you? But if you're in this country, you pay every time. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Overseas, there's a, uh, there's a seasonal pass to watch I follow um, so you can watch every single game home and away weekend midweek previously there were restrictions around it on the uh, on the UK and Ireland front um, those restrictions have been lifted for the behind closed doors games obviously with a realisation that fans in the UK aren't able to make it to the stadium so if you're overseas you can buy a seasonal pass if you're inside the UK uh, I'm afraid it is the process of signing up each game but it's nice and straightforward each time you'll get the hang of it um, and as I say do it nice and early get settled in um, and uh, pour yourself a beer or a cup of tea depending on what time of day the fixture is um, and uh, yeah, enjoy the game as best you can on TV That is Matt Cecil there uh, apologies to Pete Kuhig um, we do hope that he's listening as well uh, but I very much liked what Matt said uh, with regards to him possibly doing a bit of punditry this season um, and, and that will be very entertaining and it's good to be uh, lubricated as well when enjoying my football <laughs> Yes, I, I'm, I'm not commenting about that, but yes. Quite, Perhaps hydrated would have been a better uh, A couple of times I, I have seen him with a, with a beer in his hand, uh, in particular after the, the Fleetwood game, and I'm sure as well after the Oxford United game. Um, still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show, we will be previewing then the game against Rotherham United and hearing from Gareth Ainsworth and Joe Jacobson. And we'll be hearing from Wickham Wanderers ladies captain Charlotte Bagshaw as well. The Wickham Wanderers show. It's the Wickham Wanderer Show with myself, Bob Johnson, and Colin Besley as well. Here with you through until 8 o'clock tonight, talking everything chairboys and also chairgirls. Do tell us about your morning. My morning? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, this morning, uh, I went up to the training ground. Um, absolutely beautiful, go- a gorgeous morning. Um, and the wonderful thing about actually going to the training ground is it's always buzzing i know that this sounds like a bit of a cliche but uh, and you know and that's what you hear a lot about wick and wanderers but it's such a positive place to be you you go along and just everybody is smiling everybody is having a good time you know you go to some places and you know and you can really see that there's a bit of a sort of like you know a, mm. a monday morning you know oh, i'm back at work you know that you don't get that at all at the wick and wanderers training ground what do you get? Uh, so what you do get um, is a lot of very loud, blaring music. Um, so there's always music being played from, from the gymnasium, and the players seem to get there quite early and go in the gym first of all before then they come out and train. Um, it was very entertaining this morning because the only people actually that, w- that were there from the media were myself um, and the ITV News London crew, um, and they were a little bit precious about the fact that the music was playing um, and kept asking for it to be turned down and also saying, could we get close the, the door so that they can oh. hear it? Um, 
so yeah so so what the race sporting i know and it's like look this is how it is you know it's wicker wanderers we do things differently which is very much what gareth says can you give us some examples of some of the music that were on offer um so they were playing some blondie there was some rolling stones going on um i think there were some doors going on as well which obviously is one of gareth's um uh, you know b- big favorites um it was very much it was quite retro actually i was expecting it to be maybe a little bit more clubby uh, but it wasn't it was very much rock and roll for the benefit of the tape, uh, Bob was dancing about while saying clubby. <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, very badly, because I don't do the dancing very well. Um, anyway, so I did chat to Gareth Ainsworth this morning, um, and first of all, began by asking him whether he would miss the fans. They will be there in spirit, we know they will be, uh, and we're, we intend to put up a good performance on, you know, our first ever game in the Championship, ever. Um, it's great, it's great to be able to... Uh, to, to say we're doing that no matter what happens at the end of the game we're working Wanderers highest ever league position you know and that's really nice uh, but we want to get off to a good start I know Rotherham will as well um, very ironic that we're both in League One last year you know and it's it's probably not the glam fixture that everyone was was hoping but um, I tell you what they're going to be uh, they're going to be very good in the league this season I've watched them they very hard working organised side you know and uh, and, and Warney's got them working really hard and, and good players they've made some good signings uh, we're, in, we're in for a good test you know? and although we were in League One with them last season actually they're a team we haven't played very much recently I think the, the well obviously once last season and before that was actually seven years ago yeah and and it's got credit to uh, to Rotherham and what they've done you know um, they've got a great chairman uh, uh, he, he speaks very highly of uh, of all the underdog clubs and I think that's, that's very nice you know and uh, He's uh, he's been around the block with the championship and League One, and, and he was in League Two at one stage when I first took over. So there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of plaudits for Rotherham, you know. But as I've said this week, we want to make a noise. We want to we want everyone to remember Wickham Wanderers in the championship, and that'll be Rotherham first on Saturday. And, and I'm hoping that we uh, we get everyone as fit as possible and uh, and everyone firing on all cylinders for for twelve thirty on Saturday because uh, we got an early kickoff. it'd be nice to be able to watch some of the other games coming in um, but it's the start of what will be uh, a superb campaign for us and, and we're looking forward to it and you got off to a really good start on Sunday with the performance against Brentford performance wise I was so pleased so so pleased some uh, some real eye openers you know and, uh, and I, I believe that the lads are ready to step up make this step it's not going to be easy and, and people will say don't be stupid you know it's, it's championship but do you know what it's 11 against 11 um, the mind will come into this as much as the uh, as the body yeah there's some physical specimens in this league there's some great athletes but there's not a team more together than Wickham and, uh, and win lose or draw we'll be together and that's going to be key to us this season What about the team news for Saturday? Yeah obviously keeping everything close to my chest you know we uh, we we don't give that out um, and, uh, and people will have to start guessing which which players will start the first ever championship game but it's my job to pick a competitive team and I'll make sure I do that and presumably there's a lot of competition in, in the team everybody does want to be on that team sheet on Saturday yeah, well, listen we, 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 we took uh, you know we took some players who, who were probably um, j- just a you know a little bit too much from last year, you know. Uh, Jacob Gardner-Smith is a fantastic competitor. Jeremy Maskell, and, and, you know, Cedo, who, who's played in League One numerous times. I thought they were just probably time to move on. Um, and what we've added, you know, you come over the top with Ryan Tafazzoli, Uchi Piazu, and, and Daryl Horgan. There's three who, who, who you'd say would be in Championship sides. So it's going to be very difficult because. I don't know my 11 my best 11 yet and, and honestly I didn't know my best 11 last season I knew my best 11 for certain games and I think that's the way to do it um, like I said in the week we're going to be different we're Wickham Wanderers we're not the norm um, 
and I love not being the norm. And that's why we love you. Thank you very much, Gareth. <laughs> you do hear so many fans, don't you, saying we're so lucky to have Gareth as our manager, and quite rightly. Yes, uh, and, and I've said that a lot here on Wickham Sound, you know, through the years, because I think, well, yes, uh, my son stands on the terrace, um, and obviously the, the terrace is the, the sort of, you know, the, the most lively bit and where you get the most opinions. And, you know, and occasionally... If we've had a bad little spell, you know, he'll, he'll get in the car looking a bit fed up afterwards and say, oh, there was some booing. You know, why on earth are they booing? And exactly, why on earth are they booing? Because we've got the most amazing manager. And I think if the fans are allowed back in this year, we really do have to remember, and as Pete Kuhig has said, and as Gareth has said as well, you know, it's not necessarily going to be easy. You know, there are going to be some games that actually, yes, you know, and some times where it's going to be quite hard going. But at the same time, there are going to be some amazing times too. And we do just have to remember, I think, how lucky we are to have this man as our manager. Because he is an amazing manager, an amazing motivator of his players. And I completely saw that this morning. Just, at, you know, at, at the training ground, it is such a positive place to go. It is such a, a place where you can just see that actually everybody wants to be there. And very much... You look at some managers um, in the, the Football League and you think, you know, I really wouldn't want to play for you because you just look like you're, you're going to be moaning and you're going to be criticising the whole time. And Gareth is so the other end from that. You know, we're Wicked Wanderers. We do things differently. And that's why he's wonderful. You can tell he has such a pride in, A, his work, B, the club. Uh, he gets what the club's about, obviously knows from, from where it's come from, especially in you know terms of financial, uh, but also the sort of the history of the club as well. He's, he's taken over the mantle of the, being the club's most successful manager for, for Martin Hill, and, and deservedly so. And you, you hear from previously on Wickham Sound post-match comments, even after you know a boring 0-0 draw or, or, or just something where there's not really been anything in a game or a heavy defeat even he's so positive and so you know so encouraging of the of the players and, and promising you know more and more performances and, and and players you know giving their all for him as you say and i very much get the impression that wick and wanderers fans are, are completely with us with regards to this because it's interesting to look at our twitter poll that we are running tonight uh, if you want to take part in the twitter poll uh, it runs until 10 to 8 um so go onto twitter you can search for wickham sound or at wickham sound is our twitter handle i believe that they call it um currently 13 percent of people think that we're going to finish in the promotion or the playoffs come on optimists yeah i'm very impressed with that 13 percent say we're going to finish between 7th and 12th 75 percent uh say that we are going to finish between uh 13th and 21st um and nobody at all um is saying relegation that's the spirit isn't that good it has been a busy week uh, in regards to Wickham Wanderers activity you, I think you touched on earlier that the players have had their photo shoot always great to see the, oh, yes. the, yep. the players pictures and I remember when I was younger as well it was always great to get the team photo uh, on, on your wall of the, of the team and it looked great for the calendar and stuff like that uh, but also of course some uh, some awards have been to been handed out uh, we'll be uh, chatting more about that in a bit but uh, first of all uh, Bob's been chatting to the supporters player of the year Joe Jacobson have you come to terms yet with the fact that Wickham are in the championship and what happened back at the end of July? Um, I think now it's kind of sunk in. When um, I think the biggest thing was when the fixtures came out and um, and you're seeing all the teams you're, you're playing against and you're starting off and your first away games at Blackburn, this huge club that won the Premier League, and you're like, okay, this is uh, this is where it's really at now. And um, the euphoria of what what happened at Wembley. Um, when was it two months ago around around now it, it hasn't given us kind of that much time to just sit on it and and just you know milk it for the summer we've we've had a short turnaround pre-season we only had a couple of weeks off pre-season was then back in and and we're all ready for it and just so excited to kind of play you know championship football now for this club 
when the fixtures came out, was there a, a little bit of a disappointment that Rotherham at home was the first one, or was there a feeling that actually this is a club that we're quite familiar with, this is a really good opportunity to get three points on the board early on? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it matters when you play teams. Um, yeah, there wasn't anything. I think I think we'd have yeah, like you said, we're we're going to all these all these stadiums, all these places throughout the season, so it, it doesn't really matter when it when it comes along. And, and Rotherham, they've they've been a team kind of. Um, you know, going between League One and Championship the last few years, and they're a very good team, and, and they proved that last season. So it's going to be a, a tough, tough start for us. Um, but it's a game that that we want to win. We want to start the season well. We want to get as many points on the board as as soon as we can, really. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be looking forward to it. And and like you said, it's it's going to be strange. Um, you know, going to these big places, a lot of them without fans and things like that. So. Um, you know, it's it's weird because the the one big one that I was looking forward to is going back to Cardiff, where I was from, and and family and friends still big Cardiff fans. So, I just wanted to to make sure that that was further down the season where fans could kind of come back into the stadium. Yeah, fingers crossed, and and so that they could come and watch. How big a difference does it make to a player actually playing in an empty stadium? Do you know what? It doesn't really make too much of a difference to me. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are different. A lot of people kind of thrive on on the atmospheres and the fans and things, but. I think we we got used to it very quickly, especially at Fleetwood away. We we kind of said that we can use our our substitutes, our directors, and things as fans, and and it made a huge difference that we we could hear them, you know, cheering every tackle, every pass, every every little bit of success we had on the pitch. And um, it, it's strange because I've been asked this loads of times, and, and when you're kind of playing in front of big crowds and in big stadiums. You still only really notice the pitch and the the players on the pitch. You don't really notice the crowd too much. If something happens, there's a goal or a, or a big chance, you'll hear a noise and, and you'll realise where you are. But while the game's going on, you're so concentrated just on the parameters of the pitch and what's going on in there that you don't really take too much notice of anything else, really. My son and his friends were playing football the other day um, and one of them was talking about doing a Jacobson. You have now become... Uh, the, the, you're in the, the language of English football. Have you been practising the scoring from a corner over the summer? I was thinking what you were going to say then. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't, no. Um, look, it's, it's, it's funny how it turned out last season, um, just scoring from a couple of corners and I think there was a bit of media attention when it happened for, for the hat-trick and... Yeah, just something that we kind of work on. We work on set pieces a lot here. We've got Richard Dobson who, who works meticulously well on um, how other teams set up and where their weaknesses and strengths are and, and how for us to kind of go against that. So, um, you know, some days they'll tell me to put it on top of the keeper and see what happens. Other days I'll say keep it away from the keeper. So, um, no, I haven't been practising scoring from corners as of yet, but um, I think when we've done them once or twice in training, the boys are starting to take the mick and saying, oh, there's no point going up, he's just going to shoot and things like that. But, um, yeah, if I can contribute, you know, going forward at that end as well, then it's a, it's, a, it's a big bonus for us. You mentioned about Cardiff. It's a long time since you played in the Championship, isn't it? Yeah, and I think... I spoke to my dad yesterday who's still a big, a big Cardiff fan and it, by the time we play him it'll be nearly 15 years I think since I since I made my debut there and um, at the time I didn't think it would be first of all the only time I'd, I'd play at Cardiff and, and secondly my the only time I'd play in the championship for that long um, you don't expect you know, you know careers to kind of go the way they do but um, yeah that's another reason why I'm buzzing to, to be back at this level to to play in front of my, my team that I grew up supporting and that I spent a lot of time at and still have a, a huge soft spot for so um, for me that was the, the one fixture I was looking forward to this season and 
uh, can't wait to, to hopefully play there and, and hopefully there's some fans there by the time that happens Finally, I think I probably know the answer to this but what's the, the mood like in the camp at the moment? I'm imagining that Gareth has got the boys really, really buzzing Yeah, that's just what it is here There's regardless of where we are in the league what league we're in, what position, how we've been doing win, lose or draw, the gaffer's the same you'll come in and there's, there's rock music blaring on in the, in the gym and it's just a great great environment to be in regardless of, of how you're doing and um, you know there's a lot of clubs um, I spoke to a friend yesterday who's who's played one checker trade game and one league cup game and already the manager's on top of him and, and, and you know the atmosphere is changing already whereas here you know lose 10 in a row the gaff is still the same he's still at beat he's the most positive guy that I've ever met in football so um, it's hard not to kind of be taken in by that and, and act like that ourselves so like I said we're all buzzing we're, we're desperate to kind of show people what we're about and you know no one's given us any hope this season to, to survive do anything and, and we want to prove all these people wrong again really good to hear from Joe Jacobson and uh, if you've got a t-shirt uh, with uh, you know, the fact that you're a bit of a free kick specialist, uh, you know, in your honour, then I think that's that's quite high status to have in a club. That shows that definitely, yeah. Uh, and if you've already become a part of the footballing uh, language, doing a Jacobson scoring Indeed. from a corner, yeah. great to have those tips as well on how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, sometimes they want it on top of the keeper, sometimes they want it miles away from the keeper. Yeah, okay. Um, or just in the goal from the corner. Uh, also, very interesting to hear about um, his friend who he didn't mention where they played, but you know, so they've already lost what in the uh, preseason uh, they lost in the Carabao Cup, and already you know the managers on their backs. And Joe just saying it's so not like that here. You know, it doesn't matter how many games we've lost. You know, Gareth still you know it's a really positive place to work. Because you wonder if there are teams, and you know, looking down the list of teams in the championship, there probably definitely are uh, the big budgeted sides, the, the teams who have you know owners who you know could fire the manager without uh, a thought if they lose three games in a row there must be such pressure on managers especially to, to get results to get performances to get goals to get you know I was going to say bums on seats but obviously that's not possible currently but um, it's it's a fantastic um, thing obviously to be in the championship but but it must be such a competitive you know let's say looking down the, the list of, of 24 it's you know the, the fixtures as well are so relentless, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, slash Wednesday. The, again, particularly this season, mm. you know, and again, that, that, that's why I'm saying about the Carabao Cup that actually I, I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world that we, we've gone out in the first round. Um, but I think you have to look at the Championship and you think, well, there's at least 12 teams in there that are really desperate to go up and, and are thinking that the amounts of money that they're actually putting into the football club should be enough to to get them up but of course the trouble with that is well there's there's 12 of them there are only three slots and you know and desperation does set in with all of these clubs and as you rightly say you know at some of them yeah you lose three games in a row and the manager is probably out the door absolutely i'm just looking at the table now which always at this time of the season is good to do <laughs> disappointingly wickham unless, currently unless, second from bottom i was gonna say unless you're wickham wanderers in which case it's ne- <laughs> never quite so good all right if you're afc bournemouth <laughs> but of course uh, sheffield wednesday are already bottom yes minus 12 which is, is is a great sort of head start for for the others. So obviously there's Wickham and Warsaw currently in the relegation zone. And of course it's, it, it, it's the second season in a row that we've now had this because obviously last season it was Bolton that started it on minus twelve. Yes, of course. Um, and this season, yes, Sheffield Wednesday minus minus twelve. Um, but as I said earlier on, you know, actually still, if you look at what the the bookmakers say, um, they still tip that Wickham Wanderers will finish behind Sheffield Wednesday. We shall see. That's what makes it exciting, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, the sort of challenge, if you like, to A, prove the bookmakers wrong, but it's the unknown of what's going to happen, because, you know, I'm sure 
uh, like myself, you often look at fixtures and think, oh yeah, that should go that way, or that should go the other. There should be, should be a high-scoring game. Where it, it often never really goes the way you predict anyway. Which Particularly is, in the Championship. Mm. The Championship is the most unpredictable league, I think, you know, possibly in the world, but certainly in English football. And everyone bangs on about, oh, the Premier League, it's the best less league in the world. No, it's not. You hear it's other really managers not. saying, you it's know, the championship. The any championship team can beat so, any team exactly. in the championship. Exactly, and that's why the, the, the championship is great, because any team can beat any team on their day. Whereas you look at, you know, you, you look at teams playing Liverpool or Manchester City, um, who, you know, who aren't maybe in the top four or five in the Premier League, and, and you know, it's, it's one time in a hundred that they might get a result. Championship, anyone can beat anyone. And I think the really good thing for Wickham is that actually, yes, you have got those maybe 12 clubs that are all desperate to go up, and Wickham haven't got that pressure, you know. All Gareth will be doing is saying to them, right, OK, you know, it's about getting to that 50 points. It's about that survival. That's what we're looking for. And so, actually, they can go into these games without that pressure on. Whereas, yeah, half the teams in, in that division are absolutely desperate to get out of it. And obviously so many times last season as well, last-minute winners, well, not even last-minute, so 96, 97, no, 98... <laughs> You'll get your money's worth. Yes, definitely. It, you know, it is. It's a fantastic league, and it's wonderful that we'll we'll be a part of it. And I think we'll be a, a really good addition to the championship as well. And great to hear from Joe Jacobson. Uh, so richly deserved to be the the supporters' player of the year. So many times this season, not least in 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 scoring a penalty or scoring from free kicks, or of course scoring from corners. That he's he's done so well for the club, and brilliant that he got that supporters uh, award and and loads of other awards as well. Of course, that uh, that have highlighted how good a season both individual have had uh, and, and the team collectively I think Joe definitely you know I'm really pleased that, that he got the supporters player of the year you know he's, he's been part of Wickham Wanderers for, for such a long time um, he's a fantastic footballer he's a lovely guy as well uh, I think it was very very well deserved um, Anthony Stewart was players player of the year again you know not a surprise in particular thinking um, about the playoff final because you know in the playoff final he, he was a brick wall mm. in the playoff final he was absolutely immense um, as he was really throughout the whole season but completely deserved um, and the fact that that then comes from your fellow players as well I think you know that that must be a real a real accolade and be really nice to have and not surprised with goal of the season either no goal of the season Namby off a ball fantastic you know that first minute against Fleetwood you know we were all just just sitting there you were just sort of getting used to the fact that Wickham were playing again um, and before you knew it we were already 1-0 up and it was a great goal I do remember that feeling so well of when he scored and you just thought wow you know the, from that point I thought you thought Oh, this could, this could this could go really well for us now. Exactly that. You know, for, before it started, you were sort of thinking a, a little bit more of a oh, you know, well, well maybe if we, you know, if we could get a draw tonight, that'll be a good result. Take them back to Adams Park, and maybe we can snatch a victory. As soon as that goal went in, straight away, as you say, I was then sitting there thinking, actually, you never know. This could be one of those nights where actually Wickham score four or five goals. And sure enough, you know, it proved. You know, that amazing spell in the in the opening ten minutes where you know all sorts of things happened and penalties and goals. And, oh, it's fantastic! Once again, the under underdog. T- Really seemed to suit dog tag. Uh, really seemed to su- <laughs> really seemed to suit the the team when you consider how well backed Fleetwood are. You know, Joey uh, Barton. I know he said Joey Fleetwood. I don't know. He's someone else. Uh, but and some of the names that Is they've got. Play- <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, but as you say, when that guy went in and and the the nature of it as well, you just thought, wow, this is. This is a bit special. And again, exactly as you say, Fleetwood, you know, very well-backed team. Yes, they're, they're from a fairly small town, but, you know, they, they have got the financial backing in the way that Wickham Wanderers really haven't. So it was fantastic that we beat them, fantastic that we beat Oxford. Uh, and great, you know, we, we deserve where we are. Just under ten minutes to go till our Twitter poll closes. Give us a, give us a rundown. We should have some sort of cheesy chart music, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, we shouldn't do that. 
No, I, I, I like that idea. We'll, we'll have that for next week. The, yes, the, yes, the, we'll bring the, that in. The cheesy music. Um, still to come then on the Wickham Wanderers Show, we will be speaking uh, to a Chair Girls Captain Charlotte Bagshaw. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to back to part three of the Wickham Wanderers show. It really is a show of three halves. Uh, we've uh, already heard from Wickham Wanderers manager Gareth Ainsworth. We're into extra time. <laughs> Wickham, so it's the 96th minute we're into now. Uh, the supporters player of the year, Joe Jacobson, we heard from a little earlier on as well. And uh, throughout the weeks on the uh, Wickham Wanderers show, we'll be catching up with uh, some of the key names of uh, Wickham Wanderers, the men's team, but also featuring the ladies as well. And Wickham Wanderers ladies had their first competitive game of the season when they took on Oxford City in the FA Cup Extra preliminary round. And Colin has been speaking to the chair girls captain, Charlotte Bagshaw. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks very much for joining us on our first show. And it's been a crazy sort of few months, really, especially with your previous season coming to such an abrupt end and then with lockdown as well. Yeah, obviously we've had, gosh, our last game was probably, I think it was middle of Feb. So we've gone, what kind of five months without doing any football at all really we literally didn't train at all as a group until the FA said we could basically so that was I think middle of July beginning of August um yeah I've had a couple of friendlies and obviously our FA Cup game last week so yeah we're finally back into it and excited for the league to start in October it must have been so strange in lockdown as well being you know, literally sort of not knowing what was going to happen next but uh, you did those videos with all the, the players which was a great way for people to kind of connect with you yeah, I think, um, you know, we'd gone a couple of months without... I mean, we were hardly talking to each other either. It was kind of strange, like some sort of zombie apocalypse. It was very strange. So, um, yeah, we kind of... I think someone put a little message in a group saying, hey, you know, we need to let the fans know a little bit about us. Um, our social media pages are quite newly established, so um, we thought by doing a video and popping it on there would be the best way for people to kind of get to know us and what we've been up to in lockdown and, you know, little facts about us and, and our footballing backgrounds, basically. So, yeah. And perhaps some interesting things learned about yourselves as well, who, who your teammates thought were best dressed or best sense of humour or that sort of thing. Yeah, I was quite um, quite happy to get a few votes for funniest player, although I'm not sure if that's a good or, or bad thing, to be honest. I'll take it as a good thing at this moment. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good laugh to put them together. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely look to do more things like that in the future. Hopefully not in a lockdown, obviously, but yeah, we'll, we'll hope to put some more things together. And even your end-of-season awards went online as well. They did, yes. Um, yeah, not a live stream, unfortunately, but um, yeah, we did put the results on, you know, who won what awards and whatnot on, on the social media. So yeah, that was a really, really interesting night. It was good fun. So what was it like coming back to pre-season? Because obviously it must have been quite cautious thinking, oh, you know, it must, well, it must have been brilliant to be back, first of all. Yeah, I mean, we were all just straight back into it. You know, there's rules that fairly easy to follow basically you know no taking any kit or anything with you basically you you turn up in what you want to wear you can't bring any bags with you and whatnot it's literally you and a water bottle the nice part was that we don't have to do any tidying up after so the coaches had to be left to touch all the cones we literally weren't allowed to touch anything with our hands so it was a nice swift exit at the end of training so yeah felt a bit bad for the coaches having to stay behind and pick everything up <laughs> and a much changed team this year as well because you've got a number of new new arrivals yeah, we've got uh, six or seven new additions to the team who are yeah it's looking really, really good at the moment. Um, really good, fresh players for the team. So, yeah, good quality level for us as well. It's looking good. And really nice to keep hold of the players that, that have been well-established as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think we only lost one or two 
can only think of one off the top of my head actually but yeah yeah we're just really hoping to keep on building there's still time to sign players I think we can sign players until something like February so it's towards the end of the season so um yeah we're just we're really happy with who we've signed and we're we're excited to get going there must be a real sense of development as well because you've got the development squad, the under-18s, and, and you feel that you're really building something now. Yeah, it's nice to have that development team, which is obviously a feeder team for the first team. The under-18s are looking really strong as well. I know they're playing in the Thames Valley League, so we'll try if we can to get down and watch some of their games on Saturday mornings and give them some support. But yeah, it, it's it's looking really good. The, the club's in a really good position, both on the male and female side, obviously. I think there's some good things to come for Wickham Wanderers. So yeah, it's very exciting at the moment. It must have been great as well to be back in your, your first competitive game at the weekend and, and such a fantastic start as well. Yeah, it was it was it was a good test. Um, I think we were all a bit nervy before the game, having only played a couple of friendlies, which of course got us ready for this game. But it's always a bit nervy when it's your first competitive game. But we got our heads down and got um, a goal after about twenty minutes, and from that point on, we didn't look like losing and ended up winning the game four 0 So yeah, it was it was really good, really good game. And something so prestigious about the, the Women's FA Cup, although it's the, only the extra preliminary round as well, you did really well in the competition last year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it, like you said, it's, it's prestigious. It's the FA Cup. It's the best trophy, in my opinion, in, well, cup to win in England. So um, I was happy to grab myself a goal. So it's, it's quite nice to be able to say you scored an FA Cup goal. So I'm um, happy with that, yeah. And the draw already done for the preliminary round as well. It'll be, it'll be at home to Eversley in California, which for people people that don't know, it's not the California in America. It's, they're in Berkshire and Eversley are a Hampshire team. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a weird one. I'm not too sure how that worked out. But um, I think they're Thames Valley league which is a league below us obviously we're not not going to be complacent but we're, we fancy our chances against them and now obviously being promoted last season into the division that you're in now that the southern Premier, it must be great to kind of have a bit of a gauge as to what the other teams are like yeah definitely so obviously we have that advantage of it's almost like last season was kind of a practice round if you like for for this season so we know what we're up against we've added to our squad you know all the players that we've brought in are are complementing us really nicely so yeah I think we can really push for promotion and yeah promotion is our goal this season so see if we can do it. What are some of the main things you took from the previous campaign about you know the way that you've played and the way that you've you've kind of developed as a team? I think just not to underestimate ourselves um seem to have sometimes a little bit of a negative mindset going into some games last season you know we had to play the likes of Abingdon four times so two cup games and two league games and that's always a bit of a fiery game so it's it's one of those where you're you know you're warming up for the game and you're you're a little bit scared a little bit nervy but I think we've learned now that we've had the lockdown that you know we need to take every chance that we can get to to play football basically so we'll go into those games now with a really positive attitude and, and try and get the win. Do you set yourselves kind of goals and targets for the, the coming season? Yeah, like I said, I think promotion is our goal. It would be nice to get some silverware as well. Obviously, we got to uh, the Chairman's Cup final last season, but unfortunately weren't able to play it. So we're um, we're really eager after that and, and we want to go and win a trophy this season. So that's our main aim. And just the fact that your season was so sort of cruelly ended previously, does that make you more hungry if you like to sort of achieve what you can this season? Absolutely, yeah. And especially seeing the success that the men's team had, you know, we want to... We want to match them and, and bring some, some more success to, to the club as a whole. And does it feel that there's, we've sort of spoken before, but does it feel like there's a real kind of more interest, if you like, in, in, in Wickham's women's team? Absolutely, yeah. We, we get messages on social media all the time from, you know, girls asking if they can come and train with us. We even get some parents just messaging us to say how much their, their daughter or their son is 
is keen on watching us and we have a couple of couple of little fans that come and watch us every week and you know obviously no fans at the moment as it's behind closed doors but we'll be excited to see them hopefully in October when fans are allowed to come again obviously wish you all the best for the coming season thank you so much for chatting to us thank you for having me Brilliant to speak to you, Charlotte, and fantastic that there's a real surge, if that's the right expression, of, of interest in, in women's football. Uh, and definitely, you know, since the England team did so well in the World Cup, people, I think, are looking for their local team to follow, and great that, that Wickham Wanderers ladies are becoming so established, as we say, with the development squad. They've got their under-18s as well. Um, they're training tonight, 8 o'clock. Oh, training. yes, yes. Uh, their league season doesn't start, as Charlotte mentioned, until next month, so they've got a bit of a wait for that. But their uh, preliminary round uh, FA Cup against Eversley in California, that, that well-known side, uh, is uh, a week on Sunday, so the 20th. And Charlotte was saying that they've got a social evening on Sunday as well. Which I think you tried to get an invite to, but got turned down. Yes, for, for legal reasons, I can't yes. attend. Yeah, OK, no, fair enough. Um, fantastic that, that they're also she's so competitive actually with the men saying that you know yes they've seen that how well the men did and as you rightly said as well you know very very cruel actually what happened to the the women's season where it was just basically annulled and you know it was said well now actually we're going to pretend that didn't happen you know in the same way that it was for for so many non-league teams and you just think no that's not fair you, you know you've played all of those games and the fact that in other divisions such as in league one it ended up being decided on points per game i think that you know that's a much fairer way of doing it but clearly the ladies got something to prove this season um, and they've started off in fantastic form especially as they were just finding their feet in that division last season yeah. having been pr- uh, been promoted and as you say it seems so cruel to suddenly say well that doesn't count but in a way I suppose they can use it as a positive in that it was a, a rehearsal if you like for, for playing the teams again this season yes yeah and I, you know I, I think we are going to see great things from Wickham Wanderers ladies um, and you know, it'd be lovely to see them have a decent cup run as well absolutely and it's great when they have such high scoring games and you know Charlotte plays in the midfield and, and, and scored you know, goals in pre-season and at the, in, the, in the cup already as well Tara Woodward of course who's the, the club's overall leading goal scorer for a couple of seasons in a row uh, beating Mr Akin Fenwell as well <laughs> <laughs> Which Absolutely. is something, something to have on your CV. Yeah, it certainly is. And as I say, it's nice that they've got this little competition going with the men as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you say, it really really pushes on both both teams, I guess. We have the results from our Twitter poll. Oh. Yes. Um, this is proper jeopardy, this is, because it could, it could literally go either way. It could very much go either way. Um, so, OK, so promotion playoffs, um, 12.5% oh, of dropped people a bit. said uh, promotion playoffs. 12.5% also said um, 7th to 12th. Uh, 75% said 13th to 21st and Ooh. nobody thinks that Wickham Wanderers will be relegated who took part in the poll that's very exciting isn't that good well done well done us yes well and like you say it is the positivity it's the, the you know the, Wickham Wanderers fans know the club they know what to expect they know that Gareth manages to overachieve with the players that he's got whereas very much there's so many people in the media who won't have even noticed really Wickham Wanderers until we came up and who will just be dismissing us uh, you know we, we know what we are as the chant goes you know we know what we are we know that we're a small club but Gareth absolutely loves that tag of the underdog doesn't he and to hear Pete Keogh as well say staying in the championship would be an even better achievement than getting promotion to that level in itself which which um, from that poll, you could, you could literally see happening. Yes, definitely. You know, and I very much like the way that that him and Gareth as well are very much setting out their stall at the beginning and saying, "Well, yes, you know, that will be the achievement." And yes, you know, we are going to have a few rough weeks, but at the same time, you know, yeah, we're going to take this on. We're going to have a uh, you know a great time. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough road to hoe. It is, as as Pete says, <laughs> we like that. And the number of times he said the word "tough," yes, just, just to, yeah. 
we'll clip uh, that for next week. We'll nice have that nice for little... gardeners to get the hoe mentioned as well. Indeed, yes. Uh, we do hope to be speaking to our former players um, on the Wicked Wanderer show, and you yourself, Colin, uh, were, spoke to one of the former players shortly after the playoff final win. I did. I was very lucky to uh, to get a few words with Mark Rogers to get his thoughts on the achievements of the club uh, and also his his memories of his time comparable uh, working under Laurie Sanchez as uh, compared to uh, the current players who, of course, are working under Gareth Ainsworth. It's an unbelievable story. I mean, uh, it, it'll be a story that these Wickham players and the, the Wickham supporters will be talking about um, in 20, 30, 40 years. Um, the, you know, the season that... Uh, they started the year with nine players, nine signed professionals in the preseason, ended up uh, getting uh, derailed by COVID, and then, you know, <laughs> almost having the season null and void to uh, going into the playoffs via points per game and then winning it. It's just, it almost seemed like it was written in the, star- in the stars column. It was fantastic, and uh, I'm, I'm just so made up for everybody. It must feel in a way like only football can do this. And I guess it must be something which you can relate to from, from the FA Cup run when you were playing and, and that sort of anticipation and that real excitement that you can go further. Oh, you know, it's funny. I, people, uh, I've done numerous interviews about the FA Cup run, uh, whether for Wickham, um, uh, the club and others. And it's funny. Uh, it got to a point where we thought we were going to win it. We were completely convinced. Uh, I remember uh, there were... T- players after we lost to Liverpool in that semi-final and you know that Liverpool team won a treble they didn't win the league but they won the FA Cup League Cup and uh, at that time the UEFA Cup and we, we just felt it was our destiny to win that tournament and uh, once you, we got on that role um, we we fully believed it and Laurie Sanchez and Terry Gibson our, our management did a fantastic job with that um, to the point where when we lost to Liverpool 2-1 there were players that were absolutely distraught uh, because they couldn't, they you know, they convinced themselves so wholeheartedly that they were going to win that match. Uh, in this team, yeah, it felt very similar just watching it. Now, I, I can't, I can't speak for the guys in the dressing room, but I know that if if uh, you asked them or if I had an opportunity to ask them, they probably just felt that yeah, it we're going to win this, and they they were totally convinced of that. And I think that's what it takes. I think you have to be that convinced and that confident and that prepared. Um, going into those games where you're almost at ease because you know um, that the outcome is going to be in your favour. Colin, speaking to Mark Rogers, that was shortly after the playoff final victory. Absolutely fascinating that, that he said that they felt that they could win the FA Cup. Especially coming up against Liverpool in the semi-final. Indeed, yes. And uh, if you remember that time, as you rightly said, Liverpool were in all of those cup competitions, mm. weren't they? And, you know, weren't probably doing quite as well, you know, as they might have done today in the, the Premier League. But they were still, they were involved in all of those cup competitions. But clearly, we, we went into it thinking that we could win at Villa Park, which I think is brilliant. And those sort of occasions as well, we were talking about the special nights that you remember, but, you know, penalties against Wimbledon, wasn't it? And, and Leicester as well, of course, the famous, famous Laurie Sanchez watching after being sent off. And <laughs> that there are so many things... Then appearing your match of the day <laughs> I know there's so many things that, that make it I guess magical sounds a bit corny but 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 really a fantastic story 
but yes, where, when you look back on it, it was. And as you say, all, all of those, you know, beating Wolves, beating Wimbledon, mm. the Leicester game, and, you know, and the Liverpool game, because the Liverpool game was a fantastic day out. And the fact that we scored against Liverpool when so many other teams hadn't, you know, that, that again, that was just a brilliant end to the, to the campaign. No, absolutely. And great that it was Keith Ryan that got the goal as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you would like to hear the whole of Collins' interview with Mark Rogers, then that is on uh, the website. But that is just about it from the Wickham Wanderers show um, for tonight. We will be back next Thursday from seven o'clock you can listen to the show again uh, on uh, the podcast uh, it is available of uh, various methods which i'm sure luke will will um let us know about how do, how, do, how can you listen to it on the podcast if you want to hear it again luke? currently on spotify and itunes it'll be on google Podcasts and radio player very soon and the predictions are going in the envelope excellent yes so we have written down our predictions we've also taken your predictions that you've given us on twitter we will find out in may how right or how wrong we were.